Welcome to Showcase Chicago Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Reyes, a Chicagoland realtor with ARE Partners. And in this podcast, we explore all things Chicago, real estate, and life as we engage in authentic conversations about some of the most significant decisions we make. In today's episode, I'm excited to share with you my first quarterly market update discussion with special guests, Rachel Ruffin and Linda Scott with Wintrust Mortgage. Hi. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I really appreciate you guys today. Um, this is really just going to be an open discussion about what is currently going on in the market and kind of what your experience has been for the first quarter of this year. Okay. Well, as Michael said, my name is Rachel Robin. I'm a real estate broker with Executive Realty Group. I service the mostly south and west sides of Chicago and a lot of DuPage County because I did live in Naperville for a number of years. Um, I have a construction background, which really has helped me in my real estate career and with a lot of my success. Um, and yeah, I love real estate. So I will say that you've also been a top producer. In the oh, show. I am. I am a top producer. Okay. She's been it for probably the last four years. Um, at least, I think five years. Okay, so you've yeah. been a top producer of the Chicago Association of Realtors for the last yeah. four or five years. Yeah. Uh, something you should definitely share. I am a top producer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, of course. Thank you for being here and for bringing uh, your experience and expertise to this discussion today. I really sure. appreciate it. Linda Scott with Wintrust. Hi, I'm Linda Scott with Wintrust Mortgage. I'm a residential mortgage lender. So that means I specialize in mortgages for one to four unit properties. So that's what I do. I've been in the industry, oh my gosh, 40 plus years. I started when I was 10. <laughs> anyway, um, but I really love what I do. And yes, I have been top producer throughout the years. And um, just putting a mortgage together for someone and helping them get into their first home or move up home, it's just very gratifying and I truly enjoy what I do. What has the first quarter been like for you in this market? Mm -hmm. Let's go with Linda. Oh, I'll start. Okay, well, what I'm seeing right now in this first quarter, many folks came out, a lot of first-time buyers, and many, many, many of them are looking and wanting down payment assistance. So I've been able to help a lot of folk either get IDA money, which is Illinois Housing Development Authority, uh, that's $6,000. And for some, I've been able to stack two grants and get them $16,000. So I've had a couple of single women, they both work for nonprofits, and their, their income cap was such, it was in the right space for them to be able to get $16,000. They wow. both bought condos. One was in the Burbs, one was in Chicago. Um, I'm seeing some normal sales too, you know, just single family homes, condos without down payment assistance. But volume is down. You know, it's, it's not the gangbusters like it was two years ago, you know, the Absolutely. last two years. But, you know, we're still seeing transactions happening. And what is the stipulations for the 6,000 and the 10,000 grant programs that you Oh, got? well, there are um, income caps and purchase price caps on the IDA. The income cap is pretty generous. It's $125,040. And the purchase price cap for one unit is around $349 and a couple of dollars. I can't remember exactly. Um, and the Federal Home Loan Bank it's more for low to mod income okay, and it's total household income. So a single person, 
I believe, cannot exceed 58,300. So the two young ladies that I helped, they both worked for nonprofits. They were a little under that amount. Mm -hmm. But how life-changing to be able to Absolutely. get that money and actually buy something instead of renting. They're just both over the moon. Absolutely. I actually had a client just recently take a part in the $6,000 Ida Grant program. And I want to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe they have to stay in the home for how many years? Well, it depends. We had opening doors, but that just recently depleted. And that okay. was a five-year retention time where you had to stay in the home five years. Ida Access, you have to stay in for 10. Mm -hmm. But... The interest rates on these IDA programs right now are very competitive. They seem yeah. to be even a little less than the regular conventional and FHA loans right now. So, And that's certainly been a big topic is interest rates. We'll get into that. Mm -hmm. uh, how about the first quarter for you, Rachel? Okay. Well, so I will say this. Typically, fourth quarter and first quarter is always my busiest time every year. Third quarter is generally the slowest time of year for me. Um, this year, again, it's strong. I think it has to do with how I um, am working with my clients. A lot of my clients are investors, so they'll make their purchases in the second and third quarters. They'll work on exterior repairs, and then a lot of times during the winters, they're doing interior repairs, and then once January comes, we're ready to hit the market with sales. And, you know, a lot. that's why I usually have a lot of uh, listings that first quarter. Um, so just kind of the way I've uh, developed my business in the flow of things mm -hmm. throughout the years, I will say working with buyers, inventory is low. I feel like it's a little low. And we're in like a culture shock with interest rates, you know, because we were spoiled with that, you know, huge decrease a couple of years ago. So people are like thinking this isn't normal, kind of it really is kind of is normal. Mm -hmm. What happened a couple of years ago wasn't normal. Um, and so it's just have, you know, we coach our clients back to understanding like, hey, maybe the rates are a little bit higher right now, but you can always refinance mm -hmm. a year or two from now and get a better rate. So it's not the end of the world. You could buy down rates, you know, for the first year or two. That's always an option. Mm -hmm. And it also depends on the market. So not all markets have the shortage of inventory. I'm seeing like uh, in the suburbs, like, yeah, it's really still competitive. And you still have a lot of people moving out of the city, moving into the burbs, mm -hmm. you know, and those are kind of really difficult. I'm still in multiple offer situations. Um, I just had a listing in Summit that um, actually sold for like more than $50,000 over the actual mm -hmm. like list price, which is crazy. That is amazing. So, yeah. you know, um, I, it's still competitive. Um, but I will say, yeah, first, first quarter, it's, it's good. Um, Second quarter, I'm not anticipating it to be any less good, you know, better than it is now. So, um, yeah. That's great. I, That's what I have to say. No, I think it's fantastic. I mean, and I'll, I'll definitely share my experience in the first quarter. Um, I will start by saying a few things. I'm going to pick it back off of you. But people think that January is a slow time. As soon as January hits, I, I actually admit from past experience, I had a listing that was stagnant for a few months. And then January 1st came around and we got multiple offers mm -hmm. yeah. in that first week of the new year. Yeah. So it's really like, you know, November, December, it's kind of like maybe you get a little deal there. That's yeah. a pocket. But come January, we're swamped. We're even busy. around the Christmas time, mm -hmm. like even the day after Christmas, the day before, like Christmas Eve, I've had listings and I will have listings during those times. And I have... 
sell like the day before Christmas, the day after Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a misconception. And I think the consumer, you know, has been misinformed or they just automatically assume like, oh, it's cold, it's snowing, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not a lot of stuff happening, but like Chicago real estate never sleeps. Exactly. It does not. And so I get really busy in January and then recently in this first quarter, my investors have been calling me like crazy. They, uh, you know, they know that while other people are locking in and not wanting to pull the trigger because interest rates and all this hype and all this media and all this fear-based kind of conversation these investors are like, oh, this is the opportunity for us, yeah, right? This We're is gonna come in to unload too. Exactly. Or buy. Or bring it in there coming in mostly with cash. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And they're getting really good deals on these properties. Yeah. Although I think another big misconception about this first quarter and what people are saying in the media is that you know prices are dropping. Not so much as you can hear from the numbers in Chicago. Prices are not dropping here because we have such a low Flat. inventory. Yeah. The lack of inventory is really sustaining our prices, right? Yeah. We were seeing increases of like five, ten percent during the pandemic, we're seeing, you know, very, very minimal decreases down in value because of the inventory issue. Yeah. I actually prefer it happening this way. It's like correcting itself, but like at a slower pace. It's just that like culture shock. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have sellers that like, I mean, they're completely discouraged to put their homes on the market. If you have like a huge, like just, absolutely, you know, tank and like sale prices. So things are coming down like gradually, mm-hmm. you know, so yes. I think it's a good thing. Yes. I was talking to a buyer, uh, I had a buyer consultation this morning and he's like, well, the interest are out, the price should be down. I was like, that's not the nature of this. Yeah. Especially he's looking in like Evanston and oh, Park yeah. Ridge and all like, the strong markets. <laughs> all the, well, and that's actually really great to say too, because what's happening in the pocket of markets, right? I've been working yeah. with a lot of clients in the South Side and you work with a lot of clients yeah. in the South Side. I will say that I feel like some of the inventory there does sit a little longer than um, some of the other markets I've seen in the suburbs and mm-hmm. North Side as well. Yeah. Can you speak to that? Why do you feel like some of the properties are sitting on the market? Honestly, look, my listing sells, so yeah. I can't speak to someone else. Oh, that's such a great point <laughs> so right there. My listing sell. Like, if marketing. you priced it right in any markets. <laughs> marketing, um, have a good ad written, like only, you know, uh, advertising the best features of the property. Nobody needs to see like a laundry room, an unfinished basement, like... Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like only showcase the, the benefits of the of the house. You know? Absolutely. So exactly. So yeah, negotiating has been really great. Getting them these credits have been fantastic. Especially well, I find that yeah. too. Yeah. In, in the south side, yeah, I can see, I see the realtors negotiating uh, seller concessions, which are like closing cost credits oh, for the yeah. buyer. I just have one, a new contract that came in uh, over the weekend. FHA transaction. And the seller's gonna pay 6% of the purchase price yeah. to cover the buyer's closing costs and prepaids. So, I mean, that plus the Ida grant, my buyer's gonna to come to closing with a little over $2,000. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. If you had a crystal ball and what yeah. you could expect from the next quarter, what would you say you're gonna be seeing? Or what are trends that we could be anticipating for this next quarter? Um, I think rates are trending downward. Mm-hmm. I, I see a little downward trend, like gradual, you know, I mean, very gradual. Um, What has really just recently happened that I think is going to be very impactful this next quarter is we have what we call loan level price adjustments when we price out the interest rates for people. And Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, those are the quasi-government agencies that buy the loans, even though we service the loan, you know, there's, there's this 
backroom action going on. Um, they've, they're allowing us to remove these loan level price adjustments mm. for people that have area median income. The area median income is 105,700, right? Mm. So if someone's a first time home buyer and their income is under that amount, that area median income of 105.7, they are actually gonna get a better interest rate, oh. which is going to make home buying more affordable. So you're gonna see that whole sector of the market, I think come off the second quarter, full, full tilt and, and want to get out and buy. Is that for the single people? I was literally gonna ask the same uh, question. Yeah. Like well, it could, be, it could be a couple and it's only the qualifying income. So okay. if I'm doing a loan application or a pre-approval and I notice I have a double income and let's say the two incomes together are 130,000, yeah. but let's say Susie, the, you know, the spouse, mm -hmm. she can carry the whole load based on her income and her income is only, 90,000. Well, then I'm going to just pull the other borrower off oh, yeah. and then process it and get them the lower interest rate. Mm. And pricing it out, it's been very impactful, sometimes almost a full percentage point. Oh, that's cool. I yes. just didn't know if like for single people, the numbers were different. No, or if it was this, like is, this is the area median income okay. just in, in our Cook County, yeah, our Collar gotcha. counties. That's the area median income. Okay. So as long as they hit that or they're under that, then they get a better So if it's a married couple combined per getting a loan together and they're making 120000 they Or if it's a single, it doesn't matter. It doesn't right, matter. but if, for, if, if I can work my magic, if I can split and just use one the borrower for the qualifying income, okay. and if I can get them that lower rate, mm -hmm. of course we will do that. Okay. You know, now some maybe not, you know, if they have a lot of student loans, they have a lot of debt, maybe they're gonna need the two yeah. incomes. But still, I tell people, don't fret. You're still, even if your rate is a little higher, you're still better off. Yeah. Because you're building your own wealth as opposed to paying your landlords. Absolutely. Mortgage, right? Yeah. yeah. And since we're talking about like area median income, you know, as far as real estate, there's so many different like sectors of it. So like we can't, I guess we can't just like generalize everything because you have that, the median, my average, I feel like my average uh, listing is going to be in that. 350 to 450 range, right? Absolutely. And I don't typically deal with million dollar listings. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can, but that's not the majority of my business. The majority of my business is gonna be in that median income. And so like, I that market is gonna be much different than that of like the million dollar listing. Correct. You just have a smaller buyer pool. Those are gonna stay on the market much longer. You know, it's just completely like, Different, so I guess it depends on like what your main part of your business consists of, and you know, because the answer could be different for every single person. Absolutely, you know, and that's the thing about this city of Chicago and all the micro markets, right? Yeah, and you really got to know those micro markets, yeah. and that's one of the things. Why you hire a professional realtor? Yeah, <laughs> because you really want to know. Like across the street, it's a completely different market price point, and all it's all changes. So you yeah. really need to know the city very well. So that's good. If your predictions for the next quarter, what would be your, your Predictions be well. My predictions are well. We're coming into spring and summer. Those are usually saturated months. So I'm hoping we get 
a plethora of listings out there for our buyers, you know, because we do need more listings, especially like in a lot of these like suburban communities where like it's just lacking or, you know, if one listing comes out and you've got like a million people going after it. So um, I really hope that the inventory picks up. I, I see it picking up already, just like the month of March, really. Um, I just don't know how it's going to compare to next year. Mm-hmm. If the rates are going down though, like, you know, well, and that's also to, to piggyback off that you, if the rates go down, it's going to double the buyers that are going to be out yeah. there. So if you, to even make something happen in this market and refinance is the better strategy yeah. versus waiting until next right. year. And then also exactly. like urge your sellers because we're at a gradual decrease. So before like things start to go like way, 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 way down, the sale price is, hey, you can still get a good price for your home because the demand is high, high. the supply high. is low. Exactly. So, um, urging people to come and, you know, if you wait, you may not get this for your property a year from now. So take advantage of this because we don't know what's going to happen in a year or two. But I mean, I feel like the market's still good. It's not bad. I have no complaints. You know, you know, I definitely have a lot of buyers right now who were, where the inventory is a challenge and someone that I have a million dollar buyer right now as well. They're really looking for a multifamily in like Andersonville area. Mm-hmm. And so that's a very mm-hmm. tough market as well. Yeah. Uh, just because it's, it's just a small pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There sure. are opening up a little bit to like Lincoln Square, but you know, if you have a, a new multifamily listing coming live uh-huh. in the next coming weeks, please shoot me a message. <laughs> I would love to yeah. put it together off market for my clients <laughs> and get them a really good deal and obviously take care of yourself. So I think, you know, when you're negotiating, you want both sides to win, feel like they're winning. So as long as you use the data don't overprice it for my sellers i think yeah. it's important in any market yes we're seeing multiple off situations but you have to price it correctly right you do and when it comes to financing as well right mm-hmm. when when the appraiser comes to look at this property those are the comps the comparable properties are using to price the mortgage so you can't overprice anything because it's a long yeah. story right <laughs> although, although i know the sales are going over list price, but yes. I think sometimes realtors strategize and they kind of underprice it a yeah. little bit, so, so the buyer possible. will, you know, yeah. set the, you know, the value. Yeah. And I'm not seeing a lot of low appraisals, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. You know, that's that's really good. I had one that, but um, well, this is kind of doing kind of like fifty thousand over asking. I was like, wait a minute, and it appraised. Yeah. These appraisers are appraising because the yeah, yeah, yeah. inventory is so low and the prices are supporting it. That's yeah. The market. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you just last week, right? Yeah. So in Illinois, yeah. you got over $50,000 for your listing. So yeah. for our sellers out there, I think it's, a, it's still a really great time to sell and right. take advantage of these, these prices and these buyer demand that's out there in this current market. So one thing we were starting to see as these interest rates were going up and something that some of my clients were taking advantage of was a 2-1 buy down uh, and all this creative financing that's out there. What uh, Are we still seeing 2-1 buy downs? And what is a 2-1 buy down to our audience. Okay, well, a 2-1 buy-down or a 1-0 buy-down, those are called temporary mm-hmm. interest rate buy-downs. So the uh, loan is actually priced out at the actual note rate. So let's just throw a number out there. Let's say 7%. So if the 30-year fixed rate is at 7%, then the borrower for the first year would pay 5%. So their payment would be based on that lower rate for 12 months. And the second year would go up to six. Mm-hmm. The third through 30th year would be at seven. So what, what that is, it's, it's in essence prepaid interest. So the seller has to pretty much fund that 
buy down. Um, we do have a stipulation the buyer could fund up to 25% of it mm -hmm. if needed. Um, but it almost doesn't make sense for a buyer to right. fund that. You know, it should hopefully be a seller concession. So that's a temporary buy down. Now the beauty of a temporary buy down as opposed to paying points for a permanent buy down, what happens to that money when you refinance? Mm -hmm. It doesn't go away. Guess what? It is taken and it's applied to their principal balance. So let's say rates come down in the next 12 months. So they just completed that first year at 5%. So now they got a whole nother year sitting in that escrow account. Mm -hmm. That money will go towards their principal balance. So if they were to refinance and get a lower rate, they don't lose that. Mm -hmm. They owe that much less on their mortgage. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool. Now, uh, permanent interest rate buy-down is when you pay discount points to lower your interest rate for the full term. So 30-year fix would be for the full 30 years. Mm -hmm. So you can pay points to buy that down. Now, I have some opinions on that. I think if, if we're, if we're going to move at some point towards lower rates, yeah. I, I, I don't really advise my buyers to pay points to buy the rate down because let's say you paid two points to get a point and a quarter lower in interest rate. Mm -hmm. And let's say 12 months from now, rates drop and now you can get a point and a quarter lower rate. Well, you've just kind of wasted your money. That's right. You know, now if a seller's willing to give you a concession, maybe we can talk about that. You know, that, that's just something that's up for discussion and we'll see how long you plan on living in the home, et cetera. So, but the, a permanent buy down permanently buys the interest rate down. Absolutely. And there are strategies, I think, that um, working with a broker or realtor uh, will definitely help you in terms of getting these credits. It, it's really just how you present, how you negotiate with these yeah, sellers, right. right? A lot of times these sellers aren't sure what this means. They are looking at the purchase price and then they're like, well, there's also a credit. You just have to explain it to these sellers, like the net. This is your net number. We're negotiating this net number, yeah. and, and that's how you present it, right? And if you need to inflate the price of it, we, there's ways to negotiate these credits for these two and buy downs or closing cost credits. Um, and I think one of the things I'll say about this particular market, we can use that as a strategy right now because of the interest rates. So we're able to understand, have sellers understand what we're doing when we write up the contract that way. You know what I mean? Because they're like, why are we going to pay for their closing costs? Or why are we going to give them the credits? Uh, it's all, you know, how you present, how you strategize in terms of making these offers. But let me ask you a question. Yeah, when, when you have a, you're in a hot market and it's yeah. like hot house in the suburbs, like you're saying, and you're yeah. getting 15 offers. When you get that many offers... Mm -hmm. Are you finding that people are winning the offer if they're asking the seller to take No, I was actually going to like speak to this. It yeah. depends on uh, credits are great, and we always want to you know maximize the buyer savings and if how we can. can. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. but like if, it's just not realistic in certain markets. Mm -hmm. Sellers just really don't uh, give a lot of credits, and especially I, I feel like it's. Uh, neighborhood it's not super common right you right know, so it's um, it's it's really it depends once again micro yeah exactly you know, to the area on, right yeah it depends on the market but i mean i'm not saying i've never gotten people credits mm -hmm. in neighborville it's right. just it's not a common thing again it's like you know when you're speaking to the seller's agent and they're like oh you're asking for credit you know i'm like depending on the situation if there's multiple offers no we're not asking because you won't get it 
you know, so. Well, yeah. and even multiple offers, I mean, a lot of my uh, FHA buyers versus conventional, that's a conversation I have with my buyers. Like if we end up in multiple offers, they may choose the conventional over your FHA. So what do you do? You may have to come up a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Come up a little bit more price. Exactly. So as is strategies, um, uh, I mean, there's so many things. Do a 30-day close versus yeah. a 45-day close. I will add though, making sure you work with a broker, a mortgage lender who can absolutely get you a 30 day close. You know, what's interesting is I, I, there's multiple offer going on right now. And of course my borrowers are part of this multiple offer in the suburbs yeah. in Grove, yeah. and they really want this house. They want it so bad. So the realtor, the listing agent that represents the seller reached out to me and said, what can you tell me about? these folks and um, there's another thing we do too and it's called one day certainty it's income validation mm -hmm. so I explained that to this listing broker I said well you know I have their income already validated in other yeah. words I, it's run through that automated underwriting system and and it's been validated which means an underwriter can't touch it or change the income mm -hmm. so I, I push that out there and let them know that that's really a big step. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, of course I can't share anything personal, but I did course, let them know how rock solid they were. And then after I sent that email, I said, you know what, I'm going to send another email. And I emailed back and I said, and you know what, I have a very good reputation. <laughs> and I will take it to the finish line. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's important too, that, that these listing agents know that there's a quality lender on that side of the contract that is going to get the job done. Yeah. Even with realtors, I don't know how many times I've gotten, uh, even just this year alone, like closed deals with uh, buyers that had multiple offer situations. And mm -hmm. because you're proactive, you're polite, being your profession, I responded right away. Yeah, which the is important. Yeah, the listing brokers, they don't want to have, you know, because a lot of times in this market. They don't want to chase me. Yeah, and you're, if the deal falls apart because someone submitted a crazy offer and now the buyer has buyer's remorse, they want to make sure, like, they're working with someone that's, like, solid and is going to also be proactive on the buy side with the buyer. Absolutely. And, you know, they're going to get it done. I so many, like, three times already happened this year where people are like, oh, you know, this was one of the reasons why we chose you. Absolutely. You know? And, and so. it's, I mean, yes, numbers come down, but if it's the difference of a couple thousand dollars yeah. and you have a broker who's responsive and, the, yeah. and then you're encouraging to reach out to the lender, the lender reaches out proactively, yeah. that's going to give you the edge. Negotiation is not just the numbers. It's, it's not it's the best offers. Exactly. It's, it's not, not the best. It's not the best offers. Exactly. Exactly. Not the best offers. Especially if it's going to be a broker who's maybe you know challenging or hard to work with and you know, it's a difference of a couple thousand dollars and the other yeah. broker is pleasant and effective and responsive. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to choose that to work with that party. And one thing I learned like when I first got into real estate, mm -hmm. when you get a house under contract, you really essentially sell it three times. The first time is it contract signing mm -hmm. with the buyer. Okay. Or actually it's like four. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, the, the first time is when you sell it and it's under contract, both buyer and seller Absolutely. agree. Second time is it home inspection right. because after every home inspection, everybody freaks out and you know, you have to have the experience to where you can coach your client and let them know, Hey, these are serious or Hey, this is kind of, you're going to see this on every home inspection report and three, sell it again at the time of appraisal. How you have to um, have a good relationship also with the appraiser. You need to meet the appraiser at your listing with your own comps, whether they accept them or not. You need to have the contract printed out 
you need to be as informative as possible exactly. with the appraiser because, I mean, you piss the appraiser off. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But no, seriously though, I mean, you know, what if it's an appraiser that isn't familiar with that part of the city or doesn't know that? suburb like Absolutely. a lot of times you know the banks are using these third-party companies and and these appraisers they don't they don't know all the different markets can i speak to that yeah. reward you should have one of my buyers that too yeah. yes <laughs> and this is one of those things that i feel at wintrust mortgage it's a huge value add mm -hmm. you know granted yes there there's that appraisal management company there's no contact anymore between loan officer and the yeah. appraiser but on the other side, it's not a blind stable of appraisers. I mean, these are appraisers that my Wintrust appraisal department has vetted and oh, picked out. Channel. Yeah, so I mean, their, like their quality on the other side. Now, do I know which one is going to get chosen? Absolutely not. Of course. But I have a lot of confidence yeah. that all of them waiting in the stable, waiting to get that yeah. order, you know, that whoever picks it up is going to have the ability to get the job done. So, and I will yeah. just add to that. I literally did a buyer tour yesterday with the, I gave her a referral and she mentioned that during the buyer tour that you shared that and how important that was for her as a value add oh, because okay. we were looking at it in the Southeast neighborhood mm -hmm. and if the appraiser does not know the neighborhood, right, they're not going to appraise the property. Yeah. So literally, thank you for saying that to my buyer. She shared that exact words mm -hmm. with me yesterday at the buyer store. So Great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. But that's something that you don't see, mm -hmm. right? Like, Understand. When trust you, you guys service your own loans too, correct? Majority, yes, okay. yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's good to know too. A lot of, of these mortgage companies that are out here. They're not. They're just brokering everything. What's so cool at WinTrust? You just you bank at WinTrust. You download the app. You pay your mortgages <laughs> right from your digital app. It's a little shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Well, now that's a sponsorship moment. So I took a sponsorship yeah. for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> probably get edited. Yeah. No, no, actually probably will not. So it's a good job. Yeah. <laughs> no, and well, here's the thing, right? Let's talk about technology. You know, I actually I was just listening to a broker who was in the California market mm -hmm. and he's been in the business for, you know, so many years, probably 40 years or so. And he was uh, making a 30 second tidbit about how much he hates DocuSign and how much he hates technology. I was personally offended by that because these systems, if you know how to use them correctly, including yeah. an app. Thank God for that. Yeah. I, I was like, I almost, I almost emailed him saying, you're actually deterring people from wanting to work with you from sharing that. You want to do yeah. everything with a pen and paper. Yeah. Because in this day and age, the systems make us work effectively. Yes. It's a click of a button, you use templates. Technology, and this is a big, big conversation, right? People think, oh, we're gonna need brokers in 10 years. Or, you know, are we gonna do anything technology? You still need the human aspect of it. Yes. But these systems make us work better and stronger and more effectively. More efficiently. More efficiently. And so it's important to, to utilize the system and work with a broker who knows the current trends and market systems and how to utilize them best. Mm -hmm. You really need to, um, and there's something every day coming out for yeah. <laughs> technology. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but like real estate, it evokes so many like negative emotions a lot of times, oh, you know, yes. anxiety, it's, the whole transactions are completely anxiety driven for both seller and buyer and like, okay, yeah, technically we do have this technology, but like who and how are the buyer and the seller going to get through a transaction if it's 
laptop to like a computer or the yeah, computer. You go to the kiosk. That's happen. You can't go hug the kiosk. No. <laughs> we're everything to our clients. We're our therapist, therapist friend, business partner, like financial advisor. We're so many things to people. And I feel like people really rely on us to be there for them. Absolutely. You know? Linda and Rachel, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. I think that this is uh, going to be a great value add to our clients and to our listeners. Uh, again, Linda Scott with Wintrust Mortgage. Uh, Rachel Rocker with Executive Realty Group. Yes. Also, you can check the description of this video. I will have your links in the description. So, okay, thank you. Um, all thank you for tuning in to another episode of Showcase Chicago Podcast. If I can support you with your real estate needs, you can search Showcase Chicago or Michael Reyes on all social media outlets or go to www.showcase-chicago.com. Until next time, continue to live your best life. I'm Mike Reyes with ARE Partners. And to be notified of new episodes, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening.